Hi, everybody. I'm Al Admire. And I'm Pat Finn. And this is Improbability. This is probably episode five, which is one of the more important episodes that we're not that they're not all important, but, <laughs> but this one is one that um, goes to the crux of what improv is, and it's following your fear, being able to overcome the things that scare you. Uh, for example, I'm scared of cold water, and I hear uh, a <laughs> that you. You just overcame your fear of that. Wow. That's like the segue of the <laughs> day right there for sure. Actually, I did. Um, uh, I've been married for, thir- I think it's like 32nd year. Uh, it's a number you should know. I, it, I should know it. I know. It's 30, uh, 32nd. We have three wonderful children. Um, and my wife, who we kind of know each other really well. I mean, you're similar. You've been married married for quite some time to an amazing person. Uh, Sally. And she turned and goes, oh, you know, uh, those guys back in Chicago are doing the polar plunge. It was uh, my my cousin's friends. I mean, I'm sorry, my cousin's sister-in-law who organized the whole thing. And she goes, gosh, haven't you always wanted to do that? And I was like, no, no, I have not. I have <laughs> never I've seen people do it, but no part of me was like, I should try that. You know, it's like, <laughs> like how somebody might watch curling. Like, you know, yeah. most people don't yeah. go, that's something I should be a part of. No, no offense to the curling community. I used to curl uh, myself. But um, so it turns out uh, my cousin's sister-in-law, they have three kids and their youngest, Eileen, has Down syndrome. And I didn't know this, but all the charity, uh, the, the uh, money that's raised goes directly to special needs education as well as special Olympics. Mm. So I was like, well... Okay, now it's cause oriented. Now it's kind of a cool thing. So, um, yeah, I went to I went to Marquette University and taught a class there, and then we zipped down to Chicago, where I didn't know um, the coldest month, uh, water temperature wise, uh, is March. A little fun fact <laughs> that I didn't know when I signed up. Um, but yeah, it was uh, about a hundred of us. There's, I think. 3,000 people that do it. It's super well organized. Wow. And we go into a tent, we kind of hang out and meet and talk and have an adult beverage, which I probably wouldn't have done it without. And um, then we did. We jumped in together and uh, it, it ra- we raised o- over $90,000. Wow. Which was so cool. Um, and yeah, it was cold, but it was, I think the, yeah, they had bagpipers and people cheering and screaming yeah. and people yeah. wanted to watch it. So it, it was... I may or may not do it again, but I'm glad. Yeah. I, I told my wife it was a bucket list item that I didn't know was to be on my bucket list. On your bucket, yeah, yeah. Well, as long so as you, as long as you can go to a site and put in a credit card number, I'm not jumping into Lake Michigan. <laughs> well, that's what it was. People were like, "Here's 25 bucks because I don't want to do it." And I was like, "All right, I, I get the cut." But that was us, you know. So I, um, I yeah, it was. It was cold. And then, you know, it's funny being in, in LA, you have wetsuits for when you go surfing and stuff. And, you know, I was like, ah, that just seems like it's kind of cheating a little bit. So we wore, uh, wore board shorts and a t-shirt. Wow. And you have to wear shoes. Yeah. You know, here in Georgia, we don't have a lot of, uh, <laughs> we don't have a lot of surfing. We don't have a lot of wetsuits. <laughs> I just like the way you threw that out. Yeah. You're here in LA. When you surf, you wear a wetsuit. Oh, well, really? it's because you do, because the water's freezing here. Yeah, I bet. So, it's, yeah. <laughs> so, but, but it's, yes, it was, it was 30 degrees. So, and it was, I think it was 30, 
two degrees outside. So it snowed the next day. So we, we beat the snow. Wow. So, so that helped. But yeah, yeah I'm, not doing, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Still? Nothing to, to <laughs> nope. help? Nope. So what we want to talk to you about today is fear. There, a big part uh, of improvisation is being able to what what is called follow your fear, not only to recognize what you're afraid of, but to address it and to overcome it. Um, could be the fear of failure, could be the fear of conflict, uh, the fear of not being accepted. Um, all those things are things that hold us back from not only achieving success in business, in your career, in your relationship, and in your life, but they actually, it actually restrains us from becoming the people that we want to be. If you're afraid, it, it, it prevents you from putting yourself out there, which is the first step in improvisation or in life, Patton, I believe. Yeah, I, I, you're exactly right. It's, it's kind of the idea that uh, the anticipation of what the outcome may be uh, makes you fearful and hesitant, if not uh, completely stopping you from doing something or trying something or attempting something or agreeing with somebody because you think it's going to be, it's going to go awry. And once you, you know, we do shows, um, 45 minutes and we get a relationship and then we just go and it won't work unless you follow that fear. But when it does work, you're like, that wasn't that bad. And I think it's the anticipation or the possibility of having it go wrong uh, impedes people so much. Um, yes. But it's a, uh, it's funny. I, this is an odd example. I, I golf a little bit, but mm-hmm. I always think like, you know, at the, when you're on the tee, you're like, oh, this is a hard hole. It's got the traps over there and the creek. And, but then when you're on the green, you look back and you're like, well, that wasn't that hard. Yeah. I put yeah. it, okay. So it's, it's interesting. And I think people that get up on stage or do improv or agree to ideas follow the fear and it pays off. Well, that's kind of the point, too, it's, is what you're afraid of is what may happen. And what you think may happen usually doesn't happen. And uh, I'm going to throw a little bit of science at you now. <laughs> uh, that's because we're basically, as humans, we're hardwired to be afraid. So when we were Neanderthals, uh, we used to live in what sociologists call an immediate return environment. Basically, that means that our prevalent emotions were stress and anxiety because every day we would go out there uh, and have to t- tackle these problems, which were immediate. So like getting eaten by a lion. I was going to say a dinosaur, but everybody <laughs> knows that dinosaurs were gone long before we showed True. up. But like getting eaten by a lion, is there going to be enough food? Um, uh, is everyone going to accept me and take care of me if I get hurt? There were very immediate problems that just caused stress and anxiety to us, but they were also immediately solved. So you didn't get eaten by a lion. There was food for dinner. Your problems went away. Then as time progressed, we started to form communities around those campfires and started telling stories and we started to become a tighter knit community. And that's when things changed because the things we worried about weren't so much immediate they were called, then called a delayed return environment. So the things we started to worry about are what if those things out in the future? What if our crops fail because of bad weather? What if 
I don't have children who can support me as I get older. What if I get hurt and can no longer hunt or farm or travel or take care of myself? Things that could happen. And that's what causes us as humans to be afraid of the, basically the fear of the unknown. Right. We told this story before, but when Pat and I uh, do seminars for businesses, we always ask, is anybody uh, afraid of, of being in front of a crowd? Is that your biggest fear? Is there anybody out there that's your biggest fear? And always, <laughs> you know, several people will put up their hand. And we'll choose the person closest to the front stage and say, could you join us up here? So in that moment, they have to face their fear. And we march them up to the stage and we stand with them. And we stand for, you know, 15, 20 seconds. And we emphasize to them that nothing happened. Your worst fear, whatever you thought would happen, standing in front of these people didn't occur. And Pat, what always happens when they go to sit down? Everyone gives them a round of applause. Everybody applauds for them. Mm -hmm. So there's a benefit for them having followed their fear and overcome their fear. It's just a part of us as being humans that we need to address because it holds us back in so many ways. Well, yeah, exactly. And, it, and it's not accepting somebody's idea or not trying something is the safer route. You know, that's, that's the easy thing. Um, so once you comprehend some of the concepts of improv, one of them being follow the fear, then you're like, you know what? I'm going to try this. I'm going to try uh, Margaret's idea and see where that goes, or let's try doing this or that, or let's try, you know, different things that they wouldn't have normally. Right. And kind of like you said, it, what, what's the worst thing that can happen? You right. Know, perhaps it didn't work out and that's it. Right. So. And the, um, the, the thing is that if you are able to address those things that are holding you back, then you can move forward. The other thing we teach in our seminars is, you know, if you look at the tenets of improvisation, which are active listening, yes and, uh, the need to form cohesive groups and teams, the need to build resilience, um, and the need to embrace momentum, you can do none of those things if you're afraid. Right. You can't actively listen because you're afraid of what people are going to say. Mm -hmm. You can't say yes and because what if somebody doesn't give you a good idea to, to build on? You can't form a team because what if you can't trust that person? What if they make fun of you? What if they want to kick you out? You can't be motivated because motivation is movement. What if we move off in the wrong direction? Yeah. Right? All those things are a no if you cannot at least admit to yourself that you're afraid of something and then embrace it and move towards it. Great. Well put. That's true. And, and all those things, it's like a wall you've got to climb over. But once you do, you realize, oh, that wasn't so bad. Uh, but you're not going to get anywhere if you don't go over that wall or the wall being, in this case, fear. Exactly. And what it, what it, it causes you to do, it, it causes you to live more and more in the now, Yeah. in this moment, because that will help you. That in itself helps take away the fear of the unknown, because this moment is safe. Yeah. I'm safe. I'm taken care of. I know what's happening right now. That's improvisation because you live in the moment. You live in that moment. But I'm sure when you were up on stage yes. at Second City, a lot of stuff that you didn't expect to happen happened and you kept going and it didn't throw you, it didn't throw you at all. No, because also what's, what's amazing is, and, and this is how, improvisation to me just equates into the business world so easily is that they're team oriented, they're goal oriented, all those things. But it's um, 
unconditional trust of the person you're on stage with. So once you have that, once that's established, even though it's fearful, even though you don't know where you're going, right. you have somebody with you to agree with the ideas. So right. it's easier to go into the unknown or the, or the fear for, or what could be perceived as fearful. Well, one of the things for me, I'll tell you a short story. Um, so, uh, I don't know if you're this way, but I could stand up and talk to a crowd of 10,000 people and not give it a second thought. Right. Put me in a room with 15 people and I'm terrified. Wow. Because because you're close up, then you got to deal with people one to one. So I was uh, promoting this documentary film that we were producing. But the hard part about documentaries is finding money, right? So I was invited to pitch the idea for documentary Mm -hmm. to this this woman who uh, liked the idea of the film. And she said, come up. I flew up to Washington, D.C. And she invited me in. We went to her office and she opened the door and there were 20 people. And I thought I was going to be talking to her. And I and she walked me to the head of the table. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, in that moment. I had to just get over it. And, you know, and I did, I do remember clearly thinking, what's the worst thing that can happen? And the other thing I remember is at the end of it, there was a gentleman there in a suit and a tie. So I took him to be the guy who was writing the checks because he had a suit and a tie on. Right. He said, hmm, this is an interesting idea. How much is this going to cost? And I had not even thought about a budget because I was so focused on the idea. Oh, he said, how much is this going to cost? And without missing a beat, I said, $800,000. And he said, okay. Wow, that's great. Yeah. Without, and that wouldn't have happened if I hadn't just sucked it up, kept going, and overcame my fear of small crowds. Right. I think that's one of the, when we do um, seminars all over the country for big groups, small groups, um, different types of businesses, that's, I think, one of the biggest common takeaways. Oh, yeah. You, we, you yeah. and I walk in and you could see the people like, why am I here? Why didn't I call in sick today? My arms are folded. Their body language. And then at the end, they're, they're like, that was great. That wasn't bad at all. Like it's. Well, what about that moment when they realize that you're picking people <laughs> from the audience to come up yeah. on stage? No, it's true. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's interesting. It's it's. I, I have to say this. Because I was just down in Florida uh, doing an event, um, and it's actually uh, a, a, a friend of my brother Tommy's, and um, he's a great guy, great family, and I've become friends yeah. as well. But when I kind of knew him, he had—I uh, think I want to say—he was in pharmaceuticals in some capacity, mm-hmm. uh, whether it was sales yeah. or management. And uh, he, my brother, said, "My friend John wants to send out a." a some jars of, of barbecue sauce. He really likes these bar. He thinks it's really good. He, he loves barbecue. Every Saturday people go to his house. Yeah. And you know, I was like, okay, my brother-in-law does craft service. So I told him and uh, George went, who's a friend of ours and a couple other people. Right. My brother-in-law said, you know how many people make their own barbecue sauce? And I opened the jar and he took a little bite or whatever it is, dollop. Yeah. And he goes, this is, pro- <laughs> <laughs> this is probably the best barbecue sauce I've ever had. And I was like, really? And George equally was like, this is ridiculously good. And I was like, wow. And then I kind of gave him the feedback. And he ended up getting three or four people to give him a little bit of money. And mm-hmm. he quit his job because he wanted to do this. He wanted to 
to have a barbecue shack and obviously a huge risk, but it's kind of one of those like, if he didn't, then he'd be where he was and he would never follow his dream in that sense. Um, right. He came out to LA before, like a week before he opened his first restaurant in um, Florida. And he said, can I just cook for you? I just want to, you know, me and the cook are going to come out. We're going to cook brisket and ribs and you just invite all your friends and we're just going to cook for you. I was like, okay. And so they flew out and in our driveway were hockey bags filled with jalapeno poppers and quesadillas and pulled pork and brisket and rib. It was insane. Really? And they cooked uh, for all of my you know, friends, you know, in the business and so many people and I, so many actors and people were like, Hey, is this one of those things where it's like at the end we're, we're full and they go, okay, now we want everyone to write a check and be an investor. And right. I said, no, no, he's all set. This is it. He, this is his dream. He, he's following his fear. He's creating a, a company out of nowhere. And as everyone was eating, everybody came up to me and was like, Hey, yeah, so I want to invest in this. I was like, no, <laughs> dude, they're, they're done. They're just, they have four investors. It's like a little shack that they're putting up and, and we'll see what happens. And my one friend who's from Texas, a huge barbecue guy goes, I'm honestly thinking about maybe throwing up so I can have more. I'm, <laughs> I'm so, this is the best barbecue I've ever had in my life. And me, it's the other thing about it's weird is you ever give somebody, you know, uh, like your golf club or they play on your piano and right. they're insane or they yeah. have a 300 yard drive. You're like, Oh, thanks for giving yeah. me my club back. This was all on my grill. <laughs> well, like the next time I was on, it was like, uh, how, do you, how do you want your hot dogs? Yeah. The burgers Medium look a little well. crispy. <laughs> <laughs> These were just, it was ridiculous, but it was so good. And the reason I bring it up is because that's exactly what it is. He mm -hmm. followed his fear. And he is now the number one barbecue restaurant in all of Florida. Uh, they had to close that first one down because they couldn't accommodate all the people. No they, they kidding. Couldn't, yeah, it's that good. But I think he has 15 in the state. 15 restaurants? Of, um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it's, it's without question the best barbecue I think I've ever had, bar none. Uh, it's that good. But look at what he had to overcome. How is this going to affect my career? How is this going to affect my family? How's, what is my wife going to – Yeah. How am I, how I going to pay for my kids sure. to go to school? When we talked about this earlier, the easy thing to do is just stay in that job. Yes. You know, he was probably getting a 401K and retire in 10 years and what have you. But, you know, I tell kids all the time, high school kids and college kids when they – want to be an actor or ask for any kind of advice, I would say, I didn't want to be 50 and say, I wish I would have tried it. Yep. That's it. Yep. Whether I make it or not, yep. I just owed it to myself. To, I didn't think I'd make it, or I didn't think I certainly would be living in Hollywood um, with a wetsuit, but, um, <laughs> right, but <huh>? it's, it, <laughs> it, <laughs> no, I was calling back the wetsuit comment. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, I followed my fear and I think it's amazing that so many people, John was the perfect example because when I, he goes, um, I want you to come teach us improv. And it was 150 employees. Right. And I said, 12 years ago, none of you, this would be an empty room. Yeah. But John has gotten this group together and what a testament to him following his fear. We're all sitting here. It's extremely successful. We're all happy and excited to be working for this team. But the people came up afterwards and were so excited. And these were, some of them were managers, some were cooks, um, some were um, people in accounting. But that's what it made it even more cool was that 
all these people are getting up together. Right. You know, this accountant had never yep. met this other person from sales or, you know, research and development or whatever. And actually, that's the whole point of when we do seminars is we we force people in different departments to get up and work together. And most of the time, they don't even know each other. And, you know, and they see each other in a different light by the time they're done. Oh, totally. You know, with the day. And, and we think that's absolutely important. Well, that's kind of one of the cool things about, you know, what we do when we bring it to, to businesses is that there's that commonality. Yes. They're, they're all going through something together. Mm-hmm. You know, whether they're short, tall, Catholic, agnostic, whatever it is, they're all one group and they kind of almost have to survive as a group. So then they tend to rely on people more. Yes. And then once they trust, right. And once they yes. take a chance, follow the fear and come up and do a game and they see that back to your point, okay, they're still alive. Nothing right. happened. No right. paramedics were called. Um, that's when it's cool. That's when you see that when somebody does follow their fear, it, it can pay off. Yeah. Um, which is great. So I guess the point of this episode, uh, if I, if it has one would be (laughs) that there is literally nothing to be afraid of. So if we think about improv, when you listen, when you accept the power of yes, and when you engage with and trust your team, when you commit to move forward without any of the fear that holds you back, you can literally do anything. Yeah. You know, there's nothing holding you back and you can achieve amazing things just by letting it go. And and believe me, that's hard to do. It's it very, is. very hard to do. You're right. But as you go through your day, your week, your month, test it. Try in little ways starting letting go of your fear and you'll see that there's really ultimately nothing to be afraid of. Agreed. No, that, that's exactly what it is. And even people that hire us, um, that's not easy to do. I always say it's, you know, get the motivational speaker, get the juggler, get the magician, whatever. But the thing that we do um, resonates with people and it stays with them. They they come away. There's a takeaway that they have with the concepts that they learn uh, with what we do. So it's very cool. But to be honest, if it was down to us and a magician... Mm. Everybody loves magic. Yeah, everybody loves magic. (laughs) I think we're magical, man. Come on. So that's our show for today. Follow your fear. Do yourself a favor. Live in the moment. If you have any questions or comments for Pat or I, please send us an email at uh, info at improv-ability.com or look us up on LinkedIn. We're there too. Yeah. Or come to the website, improv-ability.com. Our emails are there as well. And you can kind of see some of the companies we've worked with in the past and a few few other things. So uh, we'd love to hear from you. And naturally, like us or and follow us if you would be so inclined. Uh, I'm Al Admire. And I'm Pat Finn. And thank you very much for joining us on this very important improbability. We'll see you soon. Thanks. <laughs>